this episode of the podcast is brought to you by Anchor. If you don't know what Anchor is and you're thinking about starting a podcast, you should probably find out what Anchor is because Anchor is a free way to host your podcasts. It also gives you creation tools like the ability to record yourself, record with other people, edit as well, and do it from your phone or your computer. You don't need to go buy fancy tools to start. You can start with Anchor. And you can hit the nice distribute button, and it's going to send it out to all the places you want it to be, like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, and more. In addition to that, you can make money from your podcast with no basic listenership. In other words, if you only have 10 people because you're just starting, you can still monetize that. It's really hard to find a better place to start. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm and get started on the crazy podcast journey. Okay, everybody, I'm popping in here because I kind of made a promise that I might have a little something special for you today. Merry Christmas. And, uh, What I'm going to leave here is going to be five episodes. These are episodes that I originally recorded back in about January. And this was when the show was something very different, when I was still doing this under further questions. And I thought maybe I was going to do a show about the paranormal. And I had on five friends. And these are five episodes. They haven't been living anywhere since then. So I decided, what better day than today? to drop these into your feed. So if something sounds a little out of date and we talk about things before COVID, well, that's because this was before COVID. So enjoy the episodes. Remember what the world was like back then, about a year ago. And uh, I'll talk to you tomorrow when I come back with a new episode. Just finished watching episode seven of In the Trail of UFOs. Crap, I should have sent you eight. I forgot I only sent you through seven. Everything you guys do, it's like, I, I see where, you, where you've gone and I'm like, wow, that was such great production quality. And the next one comes out and it's like, not just a movement forward, you guys always seem to leap forward. And I thought that this one was just by far the best thing that you've done. Oh, wow. Thank you. It's fantastic. and I mean, it's such depth too, you know, like maybe that has something to do with it as well. Being able to go eight episodes... Yeah, there's a lot more planned for this too. Yeah, it's an ongoing thing, right? It's going to continue going. Everything's changed. I mean, we can talk about this on the show, but everything's kind of changed as far as like how it's ongoing. It's it's kind of altered because originally it was going to be like each season, quote unquote season was going to be a different topic. Now we're basically like launching multiple ongoings at once. So on the trail of UFO season two is going to come out uh, probably next year and on the trail of Bigfoot season two is going to come out next year. And then we're also going to do an on the trail of the Lake Michigan Mothman special. And then there's probably going to be on the trail of haunts or hauntings coming out um, fairly soon too. So we just have to, there's a lot of like production things we have to figure out as far as doing all that. Cause I can't, I obviously can't shoot all of that, Um, but we have people that are involved that we could, we'll figure it out. Something along the lines of what you did with On the Trail of Champ? Um, 
Yeah, to an extent. The problem with Champ was that I had no involvement in it at all. So it's just like after everything was done already, basically. Yeah, and I kind of tried to help steer things. And Alexander did an amazing job because obviously he kind of like set the stage for what we would do going forward. But um, I, I also, when I watched that one, I feel like it, there's something about it. It doesn't feel like an SDM production. And it could also just be that his budget was non-existent and he was trying to do everything by himself. So I just want to be more involved in the post-production side of of anything else that I'm not there to shoot. For sure, I'm involved. I'm basically going to do everything for On the Trail of Bigfoot again. So I'm planning on shooting, narrating, being in it, all that stuff. And then uh, UFOs and uh, the hauntings thing will probably... I'll be involved, but I'm not sure yet to what extent. Well, I can imagine the reason the Bigfoot one was because Bigfoot, as far as topics, as far as I can tell, is your baby. Like, that's your big topic. Yeah. Are we recording? Yeah. Sorry. Oh, cool. <laughs> cool. <laughs> I just wanted to make sure because I was going to, uh, yeah, we, I don't know. I don't know when this episode is dropping, but we're going to drop the announcement pretty soon. But yeah, the, it's definitely the subject I can't get away from. So I keep coming back to it. And, um, uh, we're in the process of like planning how to do it because UFOs and Bigfoot are really different. Like UFOs, we could do a dozen seasons just like season one, like structure wise, and you wouldn't run out of things to talk about. With Bigfoot, you're going to run out of stuff pretty quick. Like I actually feel like we sort of said everything we needed to say about the history of the entire phenomenon in the in the first season. So what what does like a season two and a three and four or whatever look like? And so um, I've kind of narrowed that down to being more um, localized. So each episode is going to be sort of in a specific region. Um, so we're in the process of planning the first couple episodes of season two. And it, it looks like um, we're doing one of two things. I'm not, I, these are being locked down but the first it's i know it's going to be a two or three parter that starts it off um and it's either going to be alaska or uh, a trip up the bc coast on a boat which we're talking to some people about doing so we really want to get out into like areas that are sort of the, the original bigfoot habitat and then and then sort of come back to our roots so i'm sure there'll be some i'm not yet positive what the states are going to be that we are involved in in season two but i know i want to hit west virginia um because we for whatever reason we haven't done anything with with west virginia in any of the on the trail of stuff yet um so i want to get to west virginia and um there's a researcher or investigator there named les odell and uh i think him and i are just going to go out for like a few days in some active areas and um see if anything happens and then also you know like i'll be it won't the show won't become just me like with night vision running around in the woods <laughs> we have plenty of that <laughs> yeah it'll, it'll still be the the stuff that sort of sets us apart from that kind of stuff but um i do want to get more investigative in general with on the trail of moving forward i mean on the trail is the lake michigan mothman that that project's going to be very uh very much like a look at in investigation like like you like paranormal investigation because i just don't feel like we've done that yet something more akin to like a hellier um 
I haven't seen Hellier, but I oh, I would I would say it's um you know like what I always go back to are the shows that I love are like the the seventies and and some of the early eighties docs. Um, there's one that was about uh, Robert W. Morgan looking for for Bigfoot at Mount St. Helens, and it's been it's weird because it's been reworked into like multiple titles so every now and then i see footage from it popping up in some other doc from like the 70s or 80s i never heard of so that's kind of weird but it was actually called on the trail of or in search of bigfoot but it wasn't part of in search of it was just called in search of bigfoot and it was like this 80 minute long doc about robert w morgan and his crew looking for bigfoot near mount st helens and um, they end up getting driven away by forest fires and it's really interesting because nothing happens like they're right. the entire doc is them like running around looking for Bigfoot and not finding anything, but there's something so honest about it. And I've always loved that. And so I want to see that kind of like approach to, to a paranormal investigation. And it's more about like, like Tobias and Emily Wayland are going to be our, our central figures in that in on the, on the trail of Lake Michigan Mothman. And they're going to talk to witnesses and, you know, other investigators and stuff like that. So typical SDM, but more investigative, I think. I feel like there's this new wave of, in a way, like you said, going back to old wave of, uh, I'm hesitant to always use the word paranormal because I feel like there's kind of, when I say the word paranormal, people usually just automatically go to ghosts. Sure. the unreal is a word that I'll use. Um, but, you know, just dealing with this kind of stuff lately in the last, I'd say everything after Unsolved Mysteries until recently, everything has been sensationalized. And not that Unsolved Mysteries wasn't, but it was also the first time that this stuff was really mainstream other than in search of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I'm, I'm obsessed with Unsolved Mysteries too. Oh, me too. You know, I've gone through the Prime, gone yeah. through every episode on Prime about 12 times. Yeah, me too. Like, well, we can probably have conversations about episodes. <laughs> yeah, I, my favorite. My I can tell you, my favorite recreation is the uh, the um, Hudson Valley Triangle episode. Oh where yeah, they get, where, where they get into the Black Triangles, and that was like one of the thrills for me about making on the trail of UFOs, getting to do Hudson Valley. But you know, after the fact, I was like, man, that was that was fun, and we did a good job, and like Santino didn't, you know, some nice effects for our Hudson Valley thing, but um. It was no unsolved mystery. <laughs> <laughs> well, I always go back to my first thing when I think of it is Matthew McConaughey when he's, uh, I can't remember the name of the guy right now, but uh, Gene Bell is the guy that kills him. And he's in at one episode, give me your keys. I'm like, oh, yes, you learned how to act later. <laughs> yeah. But that was the beauty of weird, it, too. It is. And there's a weird. Um, timelessness to those episodes. There's still, see, there's there was something really unsettling about that show because I can remember as a kid being at my grandma's house because my my family didn't have TV, like my, my grandparents had cable, and I'd be over there and I would I would leave the room if if that show was on. Even the theme song freaked me out. Oh yeah, as a kid, and um, there's something still that holds up about it. Like some of those recreations are really unsettling there's the one about the girl who tried to tell everyone that she was being like stalked and threatened and no one believed her and oh, the one that she, they found in the ditch yeah yeah they end up finding her well i think she was 
She was, was tied she? with her hands behind her back. Yes, right? that's it. Yeah. No one. But then they tried her. to say it was suicide. Yeah, they claimed it was suicide. <laughs> <laughs> welcome, yeah, we just, everybody. Just, welcome to nerding out yeah. on unsolved mysteries. <laughs> I was gonna say we should just change this into a an unsolved mysteries. I could seriously so. talk about this for days. Like, yeah, I know. It's, no it's, joke. It's really good, and it's funny because um, um, I heard that the whoever owns the rights to Cosgrove Media. Okay, so I heard that that there's like a a couple, there's there's two men or something that are like at the at sort of the center of all that, and they supposedly really do not l- like the paranormal episodes. And so I had heard um, someone I know in Hollywood was actually trying to get the rights to make the show, but they were pitching it very heavily as like a not a paranormal show, but but there would be a much more of a focus on the paranormal. And I guess that was like a huge turnoff for, for what did you say, Cosgrove? Cosgrove, I'm not sure if they still Cosgrove. own the rights to it. They did. Okay. Um, but then I can't, I'm totally blanking on the name of the people who finally got it. Yeah. Onto um, Netflix or whatever. Film Rise. Oh, Film Rise. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. But someone, didn't they just announce that someone's like doing new episodes? I thought we had, I thought someone had announced that recently. I hope so. I mean, there yeah. was that re that, that revival briefly in the early two thousands with Forrest Whitaker. Yeah, oh, I don't um, think I saw that. I saw the Dennis Farina. Yeah, and that was terrible. <laughs> it was like yeah. the they cut everything in like a quarter of the of the you know they cut out as much of the reenactment as possible. Right. They lost all the charm. Farina is awesome, but yeah, yeah that, was, that, that was that was the that only thing. thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I started those those hit. Prime first, so I started going through those, and I was like, "Oh, this is unsatisfying, painful." Yeah. So, did you? Um, sorry, you're you're like I've only talked to maybe like two people, and I've you might be the first person I've talked to where you've watched the whole almost the entire on the trail of. So, what did you? Can you give me like give me what you? Well, first of all, the first note that I have that goes along with what we're saying right here mm-hmm. is the reenactments in episode one totally gave me the unsolved mysteries vibe. Oh, cool! Yeah. And yeah. I'm using reenactments with air quotes because it's not really, there's not people reenacting. Right. The special yeah. effects. You know, yeah, the, this one we were, we were bridging. I mean, it's very different from on the trail of Bigfoot because on the trail of Bigfoot, I mean, there's some, some like supposedly spooky footage or something whenever someone's telling a story, but it's, it, I wanted to stay away from recreations with Bigfoot and I probably went to the garage and get it. There's a process to get it, then you have access to it. But those are the things you don't need instantly. You have stuff that you need to save, you need it backed up, but you're probably never going to access it. And if you have to, you can wait a day. It's not a big deal. This is also a great example of pull. So that's that's basically, that's, that's what a I was wrong episode is basically about. I tell you where I was wrong. That's more those are corrections on bitcoin and a little more clarification on amazon s3 not a3 s3 and now you know what can i say i was wrong thanks for listening and i hope i injected a little bit of juice into that extraordinary brain of yours be sure to subscribe to the show share episodes and go to itmattersbutitdoesn't.com, where you can subscribe to my newsletter. I mean, if you like the podcast, you're going to love that. Every day I send out highlights exactly like the one in this episode. 
Each of them is a nugget, a note, a quote, or an idea for you to ponder. And the emails are short and easy to read in a quick minute, like a tweet. And I also like to send out book recommendations once a week. And after you sign up for that and you're still on my website, you can click support for a list of ways to support the show, including joining my Patreon. So go do it now. Go check out ItMattersButItDoesn't.com for all of that. The full episode archive going back to 2016, a link to my public notebook, and some other stuff. All right. I'll see you when I see you. That they're they know what gun they're looking for. They're looking for a 32 Hyper Johnson. How the hell do they know that? They have the bullets, but I mean, if you know anything about ballistics, ballistics, you can if you have a bullet and you have a barrel, you, you the bullet has been fired through that barrel, you can look and see the striations, which are the marks left by the barrel on the bullet. You know, because every nothing's perfect. So every barrel has Minor imperfections and those minor imperfections, they mar the bullet because here's this piece of metal going through this barrel very fast. So it leaves marks, striations in the bullet. So you can match those to a barrel and say, this bullet was fired from this gun, or in particular, this bullet was fired through this barrel. But I don't know of any way to look at a bullet and say, this came from this kind of gun. Now I could be I could be wrong here in the sense that perhaps 32 Ivor Johnson's since it is a very peculiar looking revolver that maybe they fire a kind of 32 that no other gun fires. So maybe that's how they knew, but I thought that was a strange thing because you you really can't look at a bullet and you can you can say the caliber of the gun a bullet came from by looking at it, but you can't say what gun it came from. You know, a nine millimeter. Okay. Is it from a Ruger? Is it from a Beretta? Don't know. Don't know. It's just a nine millimeter. It's just a bullet. You know, they'll be like looking at copy paper and going, I can tell you what printer this came out of. No, you can't. So it's possible. It's possible that maybe Ivor Johnson 32s are strange and you have to make special 32 bullets for an Ivor Johnson. But they also said that they were looking for the gun that had been seen, used, which seems to insinuate there were eyewitnesses. But I don't think that's possible. Because, once again, let's go back to that story. He shoots her, he leaves, and he comes back. She's still there. Nobody's attended to her. No police are there, no paramedics, no, no, no other human beings. So it seems to insinuate that nobody saw the shooting. So how could anybody say what the gun looked like? It's very strange. Sidebar, but very interesting part of the story that I don't understand. Part of this could be just because Unsolved Mysteries is telling this part of the story as background. So they're not really interested in filling all the gaps here because They just want you to know this stuff so that they can tell you about this fugitive. Okay? So, doesn't mean that the the police don't know the answers to these. I just don't know the answer to these, and you won't either. 
if you watch this or you have watched this. So they bring in Eubanks, and he confesses during interrogation. He goes to court. He confesses in court as well. He's sentenced to death. He's sentenced to death, and then as he's in prison, it gets delayed, and then it gets delayed again, and then by that time, the death penalty is abolished in Ohio. So in 1973, you have a death row inmate who is no longer really facing death, but is facing life in prison, going to a shopping mall. And this, I mean, this guy was a strange dude. One person describes, I I think it's actually one of Mary Ellen's cousins, describes him as a guy that used to walk down the street with nunchucks, swinging nunchucks. Is it nunchucks or nunchucks? It's nunchucks. I think you probably want to say that M too, but it's nunchucks. So that's the kind of, I mean, that's, I mean, that doesn't say a lot. You know, some people are just weird. doesn't mean that they're sexual predators and murderers. But this dude was weird. But then other people, it's funny, other people describe him. He was, he was nice and well-liked. I'm 